Thank you, Linda, for sharing with us that special, special message and song. I liked your words there, Mark, a few minutes ago. <coughs> that song, Master the Tempest is Raging, it's one that we have sang here before at different times. and It's always, it's always I guess, presented a challenge to us. I'm just glad the choir was up here leading this morning in uh, that song. Um, it's a song that has some beautiful words in it. It has a lot of beautiful words in it. If you notice as they were singing that. And I was trying to put it in the computer back there this morning and for some reason, since we sang that song, the computer dropped that song out of the computer. It wasn't in the list. So that's no, not a problem for us at all. It's just a matter that we have to go in and type it in if you can't get access into the site where we download those from. and For some reason, we couldn't get access to that site this morning. So I was back there typing in the first verse, and you might have noticed a couple of typographical errors in that first part. And I was having trouble focusing on all the words that were in that song. They were all wanting to run together on me. So I came in here and I said, Brenda, Come back here and type this song in for me. And uh, so she did. I'm glad we got it in there so that we could uh, share in, in that song this morning. We uh, want to share a message with you today from 1 Samuel chapter 17. I know in the world today we realize that it appears that there are always battles that are being waged. Somewhere there are fierce battles going on in the world today. Wars are always taking place somewhere in the world between 
the people of the world. Some of the wars and some of the battles are well pronounced. The cause is well defined. But then again, sometimes we realize that the cause of many of these battles and many of these wars is not so clearly defined and not so clearly pronounced for us. And we know that even in our own lifetime and as we've witnessed so many different battles being fought and so many wars being waged, that even the cause and behind many of these different involvements that we have been in have, have been questioned by many people around us. I know that we have a lot of people in our congregation today that have been a part. Been a part of many of those endeavors and those efforts. And I know if I were to come to you and ask you today, what about the battle that you were involved in? Or what about the war that you were involved in? That you could tell me probably better about that particular war. And better about the involvement of our nation and of our people than anyone else perhaps could that never had a frontline experience or a direct involvement in that particular engagement. Battles, wars, are not always pleasant. They are rather scary as we think about it. Dread it as we see it. And yet we come with an understanding and a realization today from the Word of God that as Christians and as the people of God, every one of us are constantly involved in a great war. We're involved in a great battle every day of our lives, spiritually speaking. We fight against an arch enemy. An enemy that has as his goal to destroy us. To condemn us unto a godless eternity in hell. To take our soul with him. And the Bible makes the, guy, uh, the defining lines of that battle and of those wars that we fight on a constant basis very clear for us and how serious the matter really is. We find that Today we find ourselves engaged in many different conflicts in our land. It saddens me. It saddens me that today, even in my lifetime, I have seen one of the battlefronts and one of the battle lines that have been drawn so clearly that, that here it still is there for us to wage war against today. I made mention in the bulletin and I made mention in our call to worship this morning about how this week we will be recognizing the 40th anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision of our Supreme Court back in 1973. That's been in my lifetime. As it has been in the lifetime of many of you as well. And we know that it is a great cause in which we need to, as Christians, take a firm stand upon because we know that God, our God, is pro-life. His will is for pro-life. And we as Christians, His followers, 
We need to be advocating and championing that great cause even today and praying and praying for His will to be honored and doing everything that we possibly can as His children to see that 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 senseless killing of the innocent unborn is stopped and that it ceases to be and that the laws of our land would change. Prayer is a powerful weapon. We can all get involved in it too. The cause is there for us. The cause is before us. I just wanted to mention that this morning as we come into our message and and let that somewhat be a launching block for our thought even today as we come as God's people under God's Word. I don't get on a political stump very often. I don't come and and hear parade something of of an idea and a political nature before you too often, but I think that this is one that we as Christians need to let our voice be heard on. So I have done that. And I think you know where it comes from, a heart of concern and a heart that I believe would be the heart of God in the matter. Well, let's come back to the battlefield. Let's come back into the battlefront. And I know that you would agree with me in which we come into the Word of God that we find that the people of God in all of the ages of time have been engaged in battles. And many of their wars, we do not even understand why they were fought to start with. You will find that the Israelites were against the Midianites, they were against the Ammonites, they were against the Hittites and any other ite that they would come across in their battle. Battle lines and they would threaten them in any way when they would come and and progress forward in their march for God and march to the land that God was going to give them. One of the great enemies of God's people that we find in the Word of God is the people of Philistine. The people of Philistia and the Philistines are always fighting against God's people, so it seems. And you know where I'm going today. One of the greatest greatest accounts of a battle that ever took place was not between two bodies of armies, so to speak, but rather between two individuals. It was David versus Goliath. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we find that. Now let's keep in mind where we've been already in our study this month. and In the book of 1 Samuel, We know that the people of Israel had come unto Samuel the prophet and and the last of the judges to ask for a king. They wanted to be like all the other nations around them. They wanted to have a king that would go in front of them and fight their battles. And even though they were warned by, by Samuel as he would speak the word of God unto them about what a king would do and that a king would not always measure up to what they expected of him, they still demanded a king. We want a king, and we want a king now, they would say unto Samuel. And God said, give them a king. Saul was selected, and Saul was anointed to be the first king of Israel. But because of because of his attitude, that here he, he did not always put God first, that he felt that he could step ahead of God or go around God's will in his own life, God had rejected him. He had failed to keep the sacrifice as God had wished for him and as God had directed him. And he sacrificed on his own. 
But God said unto Saul through Samuel, Samuel or Saul, you need to understand that to obey, to obey is better than sacrifice. And it was obedience that he was looking for. So God rejected Saul as their king and it directed Samuel to come and anoint another king over Israel. And that was young David. David was just a youth. The youngest. The youngest of all of the sons of Jesse. And he had been selected. He had been anointed already to be king. But even though Saul still remained on the throne. Saul had engaged, had engaged his army in a battle against the Philistines. And in 1 Samuel chapter 17, when you come into the chapter, you notice that, that here the battle is, is underway. Well, so to speak. The battle camps have been set up. At the Valley of Elah, we find that, that here the battle camps had been pitched. The Philistines had gathered their forces and had assembled for war here on one side of the valley. And, and the Israelite armies, they, well, they were on the other side. And even as they had set up their camps, and here they had drawn their battle lines, no battle had yet been waged. No war was being fought at this particular time. But yet, you see, there was this champion Philistine. Goliath was his name. A man from Gath. The Bible says. But that's not the impressive thing about him, is it, as we read in the Bible? It's not where he's from. It's not his name that impresses us. And it wasn't his name and it wasn't where he's from that impressed the army of Israel. No, is the fact that here every day, Two times a day there would come forth this one and he would come out from hiding there in his camp and come out and utter a challenge and issue a challenge against the armies of Israel. And he would stand in defiance of the armies of Israel and even go on record of saying unto them, I defy you and I defy your God. But the people of Israel and the army of Israel there, they would cower. They would run and hide. Every time that Goliath would come forth. Why? Well, it was because he was a big man. He was a big man. Reading from the NIV Bible in the first part of, of 1 Samuel chapter 17, it tells us that he was over nine feet tall. Over nine feet tall. And it begins to describe for us exactly here other aspects of his, his physical nature and, and the armor that he would carry that, that here would tend to let us believe that he was a man of great stature. Because he would carry armor that weighed a great deal. He would carry a weapon or a spear in which the head of it would weigh a great deal. And he seemed to be an, a champion of soldiers. He could hear, throw that spear with accuracy. <coughs> so we believe. We never see him put it into action. But here he would be. In a loud, booming voice, no doubt, he would step forward and here he would issue his challenge. Now as we think about it, and as we look at it, it appears to make some sense, doesn't it? If you, if you were here engaged in battle, doesn't it appear that, 
even some arbitration would be in line or maybe reaching an agreement in which there would be the least number of individuals lost and the least amount of bloodshed. That would make sense. Well, that's what Goliath was proposing. He said unto the armies of Israel, You choose your best soldier. You send him out. And let us do battle together. Let us do battle together. The whole armies don't have to fight. The whole armies, the whole armies do not have to perish. Let's just let it be the loss of one life. And if your man is able to defeat me, then the Philistines will become your slaves or your servants. But if I'm able to defeat the champion that you send forth, Goliath said, then you will become our <coughs> slaves and servants. Well, it sounded so good that the problem was, though, the, Philistine, or the Israelites didn't have anyone that they felt could stand up against this particular person. So every time he would come out, here every day, each time during the day he'd come out, as he would come forth, they would run and hide and hear cower behind rocks and only peer out at him. In the meantime, Jesse had engaged his sons in that army of Israel with the exception of David. And we find that on one day, Jesse said unto David, he said, I want you to take some provisions unto my sons, and I want you to go and check on them. So David complied as an obedient son, and as obedient servant as he was unto God. He didn't go as king of Israel now. He only went as Jesse's son and the brother to his brothers to take them provisions and to check on their well-being. But when he came into the camp, it just so happened that he heard this challenge coming forth from Goliath. David was curious. Why is everyone running and hiding? Why is everyone cowering? Why are they sitting by idly and letting this particular one here come and, and defy them? And especially to speak words of defiance against their God. Why is this happening? So he began to ask questions. He began to ask questions. Ask his brothers. Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you hiding? Why don't someone go and fight them? And his oldest brother said unto him, finally after he'd had enough of David's mouth, he came and he said, I know why you're here. You're just here to see the battle. You're here to see fighting take place. I think David could have said, well, what battle are you talking about? What fighting are you talking about? But David didn't. David came and he asked a question. And I like it from the King James translation here in that particular verse. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and in verse 29. David asked the question, Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? David believed there was. The people of God should not sit by when God is being defied. They should not run and cower when one is standing and here defying God as Goliath was. And you know, I, I think cause is a 
great concern unto us always, isn't it? Or it should be. We want to know why something is done. When something is done, we want to know the reason behind something when something happens or something occurs. So we look for a cause. We look for a cause. I think David was right on target. David said, is there not a cause? There was a cause. God was being defied. We look around our land today and we as Christians understand that we are to be involved in the cause of the Lord. Because many times we find that God is being defied. God is not being recognized. God is being pushed back off of the shelf somewhere. And we need to stand up and let our voice be heard. I've mentioned one case this morning. There are hundreds of others, no doubt, that we all could name and we all could hear recognize our viable causes for us. Now, I tell you, I believe there are a lot of noble causes in our world that we can be involved in. I believe that maybe some of us are involved in some great, worthwhile, great, honorable causes today around us in our lives. Good causes. I believe that. I recognize that even many times we'll see about us some, some great cause and great efforts being made, relief efforts that are being brought forth for storm victims. You know, you let Sandy come in, or you let Katrina come in, or you let some of the other great storms, or you let the tornadoes sweep through, as we saw back earlier in, in last year. And people rally together. They champion a cause. And those are good causes. I believe in the cause of the American Heart Association. I believe it's a noble cause. I believe in the cause of the American Cancer Society. I believe it's a noble cause. I believe in the cause of the Red Cross. And the blood drives that are put forth. I, I, I recognize locally that we have individuals that are involved in relays of life and so many other causes around us. And all of these are good causes, aren't they? We find today... People are everywhere seeming to have an opinion and voicing a concern with reference to our rights under the Second Amendment. And we feel it's a good cause. I look back in my life and I can think of some great things that I, I feel privileged to have been a part of. When I was a youngster, I was a part of 4-H for a while. I thought that was a good cause and it was. But then as I got older, I became involved and became a part of the FFA, Future Farmers of America. And I'll tell you something. I am indebted to what I was able to experience in the FFA. It gave me the opportunity to develop some leadership ability. It gave me the ability to, to learn and, and here develop some other traits in my life and even gave me the ability to engage in public speaking. I am indebted. To that. But I'll tell you what, people, of all the causes that we have around us today, and all the causes that we may be privileged to be a part of or engaged in today, none of them, none of them are as noble, none of them are as worthwhile, none of them are as worthy as the cause of the Lord. Amen? Yeah. None of them. However great they may be. And I think that's exactly where David was in, in this particular passage of Scripture for us. He might not have had experience as a warrior, as Saul said, as his brother said, and even as Goliath realized when David would hear, began to run toward him, Goliath would laugh at him. 
But David understood that there was a cause. And David wanted to be a part. And here to stand in, in regards to that cause. Is there not a cause? Yes, there was a cause. God was being denounced. God, God here was being defied. And if anyone needed to stand up, it needed to be God's person. And David said, I believe I'm the man. His brother said, no, you're not. You're too young. Saul said, David, you can't. You're too inexperienced. Goliath saw him as a boy. But David felt that he could do it. That he could answer the cause of the Lord. That he could defend the cause of the Lord. Even in the midst of all of the discouragement that he had, and even laying aside all of the suggestions and all of the armor that was presented unto him to wear, David, as you very well know the story, went down to the brook, selected five smooth stones, put them in his shepherd's bag, and went to do what? He went to take the head of the giant by the name of Goliath. Realizing that he did not have a sword, but still he was going to take the head of the giant. Notice he said, and as he would be going forth here, he said, I can go, I can kill him, and I will bring his head back unto you. All he had was a sling and stones. How was he going to do that? Simply because he believed that God would deliver. And God would here uphold his effort and honor his effort of courage. He said unto Saul, Saul, when I was tending my father's sheep, one time there came a lion in and God protected me. Another time there came a bear along and God gave me victory over that bear. I believe God will deliver this giant into my hand. And David answered the cause. Is there not a cause, he asked. Is there not a cause? Now as I said, sometimes in different aspects of our life, we know that the cause is not always clear. Have you ever had to answer an insurance form that would ask a question with reference to the cause of your, your claim? In some way, I came across a little interesting reading recently that I wanted to share with you. It's from an individual that received this particular note back from his insurance company with reference unto a claim that he had made. And, and here's his response. I am writing in response to your request for additional information. In block number three of the accident reporting form, I put poor planning as a cause of my accident. You said in your letter that I should explain more fully, and I trust that the following details will be sufficient. I am a bricklayer by trade. On the day of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a 10-story building. When I completed my work, I discovered I had 500 pounds of bricks left over. Rather than carry them down by hand, since there was... Since there was a lever attached to the building on the side and a pulley system there with a rope and a barrel there, I decided to lower them to the ground, ground in a barrel by using the pulley. So I went down, I tied the rope off, I filled the barrel with bricks. Securing the rope, he says, at roof level. 
I then loaded the barrel with those 500 pounds of bricks, and after filling the barrel with the 500 pounds of brick, I went down to the ground and untied the rope. Holding it tightly to ensure the slow descent of the 500 pounds of brick, you will note in block 11 of the accident reporting form that I weigh 135 pounds. Due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Keep in mind, poor planning. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rapid rate up the side of the building and in the vicinity of the fifth floor, I met the barrel coming down. <laughs> this explains the fractured skull and broken collarbone. I continued in rapid ascent, not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley. Unfortunately, by this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was, and, and was able to hold on tightly to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground. The bottom fell out of the barrel, devoid of the weight of the bricks. The barrel now weighed approximately 30 pounds. You will refer back to block 11, where I weigh 135 pounds. As you might imagine, I had a rapid descent from the, down the side of the building and in the vicinity of about the fifth floor. I met that barrel coming up again. This accounts for the two fractured ankles and lacerations to my legs and lower body. The second encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell on the pile of bricks and unfortunately, and fortunately I only had three vertebrae that were cracked. I'm sorry to report, however, that as I lay there on the bricks in pain and unable to stand, watching the empty barrel ten stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind and I let go of the rope. <laughs> cause. Explain your cause. David did not have much explaining to do. And he was not intimidated by the giant. He was not intimidated by his challenges. Let me tell you, neither should we as Christians today be intimidated by the world around us. Or the one that we stand against. And the one that we fight that is defying the charge or the cause of God. Because you see, the Bible tells us that greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. David would not be intimidated by his brothers when they tried to discourage him. He would not be here discouraged by Saul when Saul tried to discourage him. He refused to be discouraged when Goliath laughed at him. The cause that we are part of today is so great that we should not be intimidated by anyone else that here would challenge us, anyone else that would stand against us, anyone else that would seek to discourage us. Because the cause is so great. And we need to stand up and defend the cause because we know that our God, our God will take care of us the same way that He did with David. Is there not a cause? There is a cause. And we as God's people need to answer that cause. One other reading let me give you. This was found in the home of an African preacher. The author's name is not known, but it goes this way. 
I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ. I won't look back. I won't let up, slow down, look back away or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, smooth knees, tang visions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarf goals. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My guide is reliable. My mission is clear. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I have stayed up, stored up, and prayed up for the cause of Jesus Christ. I must go till He comes. Give till I drop. Preach till everyone knows. Work till He stops me. And when He comes... For his own, he will have no trouble recognizing me because my banner will have been clear. The fellowship of the unashamed. Could we not be a part of the fellowship of the unashamed of God today? Because we, like David, we, like David, realize that there is a cause. And a noble cause it is. The cause of the Lord. The cause of standing for our God and with our God as we fight the battles that would come our way. I know we didn't have an elaborate PowerPoint presentation this morning, but the more I tried to put something in for you to look at, the more I decided that you see simply we just need to understand that we have a cause. Is there not a cause? David realized there was. We must realize there is. And we must be about it. And be faithful to the task. God honored David. He honored his courage. He honored his commitment. And when David would run forth there in battle against Goliath, as he would here take one stone, and as he would put that one stone in the sling, God would take that stone and He would direct that stone and He would lead it right into the forehead of Goliath. And Goliath would fall before Him. And David would take Goliath's sword and there he would slay the giant. Now some might ask, well, if David had so much confidence, if he had so much confidence in the ability of his God and the cause that he was engaged in, why did he select five stones when they only needed one stone? Well, the scriptures tell us that Goliath was from a large family. The Bible identifies for us that Goliath had four brothers that were just like him. Had four brothers that were just like him. So David was ready for any and all of them. He knew that God would not only take care of Goliath, but God would take care of any and all if they would come his way. I don't know how much David knew about Goliath's family. But God knew them. God knew them and David was well armed for each and every one of them. For each of them. Because he was involved in the cause, the greatest cause that one could ever be involved in. We need to trust as David trusted. We need to obey as David obeyed his God. And that's our, our challenge for you. And that's 
Our, our question for you today, are you willing? Are you willing to trust and obey? Are you willing to make that same commitment that we find David making and giving your heart and your life unto him and to service for him? If that be your need, whatever your decision would be, would you make it as we stand and as we sing this morning? Trust and obey. Let's stand. Let's sing just the first verse. Just the first verse. Trust and obey. Father, we thank you that we can be involved in the cause of the Lord. And we can stand, Father, in, de in defense of that great cause, even in the midst of the time when so many, so many, Father, have little concern. Some little concern about the will of God or concern about the cause of God. Help us to never be ashamed to take that stand. And help us to be, Father, determined in our cause. And then, Father, after you give us the victory, help us to be sure, like David, to give you the praise for the victory. Father, we would pray for your blessings to go with us now as we go forth from this place to do your word and to do your will and to serve you in the communities and in the places that you would take us into. Dismiss us with your blessings. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. The name of Jesus with you. Oh, my goodness. That's what they told me yesterday. Oh.
Want your sign back? <laughs> the window. <laughs> you can dispose of properly. I got to pick a couple of storm members up that came here building. Is that right? I got a question. That, that, that big one I had to I got a question. Yeah, yeah. What would happen to David if they done away with the Second Amendment? Ah, uh, boy, wouldn't that be something? It's been rough, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's been rough. Wouldn't it? It's been rough. He had to arm himself. He did. <laughs> he did. He had the army. I had to throw that one in this morning too. Make mention. Of that. Good hey, Thank you. Oh, Bob. Brother Brown, I've come to the midnight service. Maybe I can stay. <laughs> you stay awake all night. You stay awake all night. I'm gonna come in here and talk to you one of these days. Uh, you get me straight down. Oh my, I don't know. <laughs> That'd be hard to do. Good. I just Thank read you. that chapter this morning. Good chapter. Yeah. Just be careful, Cam. It hadn't warmed up any out here. The sun's beautiful, no. though. It's it's cooler as day. By, isn't it? Do what? It's supposed to get cooler as the day goes along. Next two days, I think it's supposed to be pretty cold. Yeah, the sun's out. But this is pretty. It's it's awesome. January, we don't pretty. care. Thanks. Oh, I miss well, that's what they were saying at school. We've got Heading, a lot of oh. Yeah, they like snow. Uh, How you doing, I'm doing fine. Uh, Don's not doing too good. Oh, it's not. Uh, you down with cold and everything. Now I only got the flu of what, but anyway, he's supposed to go to Bowling Green Monday and start treatments, you know, or radiation don't know which. But I told Lori, I said, if he's down with this stuff and everything, they won't do it. Won't do nothing. You know what they're wanting to do? They're wanting him to go over there and do the radiation twice a day for 20 days in a row. Oh, good. He's not going to be able to, no. you know, to, to go over there and come back. He's going to have to stay somewhere.
Thanks, JD. Well, there's cold out there, isn't it? Yeah, it's cold. It's showing 55 on there. That can't be right. That ain't right. Outside temperature 55. Oh, I think that. No 40s at the most. I think that sensor's probably in a pipe right here where the sun's hitting it against the building. Probably up in there. But I don't believe it's 55 degrees. That's why it says outside 55. How you doing, Shirley? I'm doing okay, but my feet have hurt ever since Thursday. Oh, you what? I just didn't even need to walk like I yeah. did. I'll never do it again. <laughs> Maybe is that sweet? Maybe that sweet potato you ate. I walked for about an hour. I said maybe it's that sweet potato. I think it's one of those. I enjoy that sweet potato. I still have that pork. Do you? I put it in the refrigerator and I put more of that up today and then the lunch. Oh, they got to tell them all the stories. Oh, you can tell them before they got home to me. Hey, God. Sorry, we couldn't come up with that for you. I had every Sunday around there. I don't know. I tell you, sometimes we don't get them. Maybe we didn't get that one. I don't know. I'll tell you what, if, I, if, I knew, if I'd known what I know now, I wouldn't have put it off all time. I don't know in her age, though, would be an yeah. issue. So. It, it's probably a different situation. Oh, I'm sure. But I haven't had any pain since he did the surgery. Yeah, that's good. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Thank you. There's the... Oh, Mrs. Yes, that does my face. Um, there's a bunch down there, so I left them. So you can I told her a couple weeks ago, I said, no, I, what was that the purple or dark? I said, was that great? I think so. She said, it's from last Sunday she brought me a thing just simply great. Oh, <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite. It's good. It's good. But there's cookies in there. Take them with you. Okay. That's, that's a, good job. I don't get it. Well, well yeah, just simple. Go through that. And I, that's, that's one of my good. favorite stories. I like that. One of my favorite stories. Need to hit a couple of things. Denny, I'll work on that this week for you. Okay. Uh, yeah, just uh, thought if we could do that even if we don't work on the other because everything's kind of been pushed back on the tax file. so late, but it will let us get W-2s out. If I remember, sometimes uh, the one from her class is Oh, enjoy the sunshine and yes, warm yes. while we got it. It's going to get it's cold. It's pretty out there, but the wind's cool. And hey, thank you. Thank you again. Oh, that's a problem. That's a, uh, that that's will a, work. That's a minor thing. Yeah. You see, I've been rationing those things. And I've, what, I, what I've had, I've been biting them too. And God knows with my life. You don't have to do that. I know. But I, I thought I maybe I did. I didn't know. You didn't I, I, know, did you? No, I didn't know. You never know until you ask. I didn't know. That's what I said. Well, I thought maybe you needed that again. That's right. Well, no, I was just looking to see what the date was on there, I think. It was back in the old night. So, <laughs> it's been a while. I knew it had been a while.
But I, I, well, now I think yeah. I but we we determined last time I was in there that I could get 180 for the same price we'd get 90. Well, with sure. my insurance. Yeah. How are y'all doing? Good to see you, Holly. Thank you. One of my favorite stories. All right. Hey, good job at the table this morning. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. What's wrong with Cecil? Cecil is, he's, he got down and had a He's got there lots of, lots of problems. His church is using CCU, but uh, I don't know if there's any antibiotics. And he's, been, he's been down before, though. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I mean, I've been talking about mm -hmm. discouraged and things before. He's been that way. No, when he was when he's over at uh, all the home there behind and the hospital. Did he have some blood this something with this was it blood disease or something there or, it, or something that had set up? Oh, something yeah, they were taking yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was he was really bad. Well, he's been two or three months in the, yeah. the home there for rehab. Uh -huh. And then the next summer, he was out in his garden with his walker. Yeah. So you know, he just. Uh, <laughs> He just doesn't like the winter. Floyd and Bessie Cook are in the room Cecil was in. Oh, they're in there. Uh, together. Oh, good. Yeah. I go in there and see them every now and then. Does, she know, and does she know anything else? <sighs> Some days she will, other days she won't. Uh, Floyd, Floyd's fine. Yeah, I knew he was. Uh, he just, but, uh, she's, she's, got, she's got all my looks. Yeah, I got home. Uh, what? Do, do they, is he doing all right, or are they going to start his treatment? Or I don't know. Uh, oh, how are you? Not feeling good. Oh man, I got a, I got a bill for you. Yeah. Well, I hate it. Your stomach's messed up. Yeah. I was going to address you an envelope, but I didn't get to change to. This is for communion supplies oh, yeah. that I ordered, uh -huh. and uh, there's there's two copies of it. Send one back with it. Okay, and, and uh, I've got some envelopes. Yeah. Well, this is just the receipts on the the work. I came down and got the check the other day uh -huh. from you. That's just okay. a receipt from him. Now those are paid. Yeah. Those are paid. Okay. I marked on here paid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both okay. of them are paid. Okay. I just thought you might and want to keep those. I, and I made a copy of those receipts. Okay. So I've and got a copy of them. All, that's this, just that one's the only one to be paid. What? That one's all that needs to be paid for okay. communion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Might be something else. Uh, no, I don't have anything right now. Well, I hope it gets the feeling better. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we had to buy a new copier. Uh, the men bought a new, voted to buy a new copier. Our other one died on us, and uh, they'll send us a bill on that. But I, I don't have. Yeah, that'll be later. Okay. We'll get it on. Uh, I'm sure they'll get it to us in a few days. We've got the copier. We don't have. To.
Mike told me the right stuff. Oh, okay. I gave them to him. And right. One of them was the benevolent one, and the other one was just the... Dale, take care. <laughs> Dale. I just, they, they came out this door and I didn't get to say anything to them after church. Yeah, I thought I'd, I'd like to go out this door too. Yeah. Me and, me and the steps don't get along very good. Right, right. You be careful.
Charlotte told me to bring dessert over. <laughs>